0: Good morning, this uh, fine Sunday morning here at Infused Church in sunny Mount Barker. We uh, welcome you to Infuse Church, pray that you've enjoyed the presence of God thus far and that you would continue to do so throughout this message. We are into a series of messages uh, based uh, in looking at the whole idea of relationships, and uh, there's so much uh, that we can learn about relationships and, uh, and how important they really are, because they are absolutely crucial in life. I'm not sure if you were aware of that. So uh, it's, it's the whole thing about that we need people in our lives. So just before I launch into this message, I'm just going to commit this message to the Lord and uh, ask him to speak to you as I speak to you as well. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word I thank you that by your Spirit you're going to impart things into our lives. You're going to help us to see some things that we can shift and change in our own walk and that uh, is going to help us to flourish and thrive in life so that we can bring great glory and honor to you because it's all about you and our relationship with you. And I thank you for that this morning in Jesus' wonderful name. relationships are crucial in life. They are absolutely crucial. We need people in our lives. Numerous studies have been done that categorically prove the absolute necessity of relationships, the give and take, the ebb and flow of relationships in life. But let's face it, that at times relationships suck. They are hard they are just really, really difficult. And uh, it's, it's just this whole thing about uh, living with someone, wa- walking through life with someone and people and, and getting out of tune and out of kilter with, uh, with things. And sometimes they go really great and they're gangbusters, you know, and BFFs forever, you know, it's fantastic. But the next week, yeah, not even on the Christmas card list anymore. But there are some great benefits that you can have from relationships. Here's a few relation, uh, things, benefits uh, that healthy relationships provide for us. And I know this because I looked on Google. <laughs> they provide practical help and social support. Uh, relationships help us to feel valued and that we can value other people as well. See, Mr. Google's really good at times, isn't he? See. Is The value of of relationships, they they help us to become our ideal selves and the opportunity to care for other people as well. Relationships help us to be part of something bigger than just ourselves. Uh, Relationships uh, help to reduce stress levels and encourage healthy behaviours. Relationships help us to live longer. Who wants to live longer? About three or four people. Could be a big year for funerals. (laughs) You right with me so far? Not sure you're expecting this, but here we are. You're stuck with it now. This was not meant to be a funny message. This is serious. Come on, you lot. Relationships provide fun and fulfillment. I'm in the right place after all. You know what? There's so much to be thankful for in life. And relationships are a big part of that. Honestly, they really are. See, what I've learned is celebrating a birthday on your own is not not all that flash. Uh, In fact, celebrating Christmas is a real downer on your own. It's it's pretty hard to surprise yourself when you're buying yourself the gift. (laughs) Oh, look what I bought. It's, It's not the same to enjoy a social night out on your own. It's, the, our house seems empty when you're just on your own. It's why relationships are so important. It's why walking through life and doing life with people is so really, really important. We need people in our lives. See, being in relationship with others helps us to enjoy life, not just endure life. So what does it take to really enjoy the rest of our life? Not to just make it through, but to really enjoy life. What changes would we need to make in our life to make sure that we're going to enjoy it? Who do we need around us to help us journey through life? And it's not just the people that think like you or laugh at the same jokes that you have or enjoy the same food that you enjoy as well. You need people that rub you up the wrong way as well. You really do. Because we, we have blind spots in our life that we may not be aware of, but people help, to, to, help us to see. They help us to, to work through those things. Because I've got to tell you right now, I'm not perfect. Now that comes as a surprise to some of you. But I'm not. Jane will tell you. She's got a list. (laughs) But we're not perfect. You're not perfect. I'm not perfect. And we need people in and around about us to help us to be the best me that God wants me to be. He's put people around us to help us to be the best us that we can be. So, you know, I just want to dive into some stuff this morning. To help us to really enjoy life. Because this word joy and rejoicing actually is used 16 times in the book of Philippians. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. I wasn't until I googled it. Philippians is a personal letter. It tells us the most things that we learn about Paul. It's not only a personal letter, but it's a practical letter. It deals with a lot of the problems in life that we can all face. But most of all, Philippians is a, a positive letter, and, and it's something that we can learn from today. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to read from the Bible. For, for many of you, this is what a Bible looks like. I'm old school, just like Candy. I didn't write this one, though. <laughs> Candy's better than me. So this is Philippians. We're going to look at the book of Philippians, chapter 1, and we're going to be reading from verse 1 through to 11. Okay, I've put it up on the screen so you can read it too. (laughs) You can't read it, bad luck. Um, So Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 to 11 says this, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi and Mount Barker, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that, it's great. And whether I am in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, he says. He says that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That's the word of the Lord to us this morning. Today I want to see how we can value the people in our lives because life is about who we know, not so much about what we know. You want proof of that? Try getting into heaven on what you know rather than who you know. I pray that you don't find that out too quick, by the way. Peter Drucker is the father of the American management type of movement and he said the number one characteristic of CEOs or leaders is that they enjoy people. Do we enjoy the people around about us? Our work our workmates, our wife, our husband, our family, do we enjoy those people in and around our, lo- our world? Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 9 says this, Enjoy life with your wife whom you love. Enjoy life with people. Enjoy life with your workmates. Enjoy life with your boss. Enjoy life with your family. Enjoy life with people. We're not supposed to enjoy life on our own. We're supposed to enjoy life with people. Good point, Gary. Great. Sadly, many marriages are more about endurance than enjoyment. Now, I might touch on some nerves this morning. I'll give you a fair warning. Um, Elle doesn't like dancing, neither do I. I usually step on people's feet. I do the same when I'm preaching. <laughs> I step on toes. So I'm just fair warning. But I love you. I smile when I tell you. I love you. Okay. So... Some marriages are more about endurance than enjoyment, where we only tolerate or endure our spouse. What does it take to enjoy the people in our life? How do we do that? Well, I want to give us four keys this morning that will help us to enjoy the people in our life, even those ones that you are enduring life with, not enjoying life with. And I believe that it's going to help you today. My encouragement would be to take notes. I've got a a, a disciple. Take notes. Get your your iPhone out. Stop playing Crash Candy and and start to take some notes. All right. So, oh, Candy's got another mention. (laughs) So, um, Get your notebook out, your pen. If you don't have one, borrow your neighbours. It would be great. Uh, And we'll start launching into this message this morning. Number one point on how to enjoy the people in your life is to be grateful for the good in people. Now we can say that because the Apostle Paul says in verse 3 that he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. I, I thank my God every time I remember you. Paul said to remember the good things about people. He focused on the good times, the positive experiences. What do we remember about the people that we're walking through life with? Is it the good stuff or is it the bad stuff? What do we remember about the people that we've got in and around about us? You know, Paul said this when he was in prison. In Acts chapter 16, we start to get an insight into what happened to Paul when he's in prison in Philippi, okay, in this this whole area, when he's written this letter, sorry. It, It tells us that he was arrested, he was whipped, he was humiliated, he was thrown in prison, he endured an earthquake whilst he was there, and then he's told to leave. He got a rough deal. He didn't have a really good time in Philippi. In fact, I would probably suggest he had a bad time. Yet he chose to remember the good things when he's there. He says, I thank God every time I remember you. There's something about the people that he was was in relationship with that he chose to look at the good things in their life. Paul could have dwelt on the negative, the painful memories, but instead he chose to focus on the things that he could be grateful for and thankful for. Maybe you've been hurt or I've been hurt by people in, in our lives that, that, and we can't enjoy them today. Are we focusing on the negative and the bad or are we focusing on the things that we can celebrate and rejoice together? We need to be grateful for the people that are in our lives for the good that's in them. Focusing on the good memories is a choice. I can choose what I remember about my past. I've had some horrific things go on in my past, but I can choose to remember the good things about my past. Some of you need to know, at the age of 14, my mother committed suicide. She shot herself. At the age of 15, I was raped as a young man. At the age of 16, my grandfather, who I was really close with, he passed away as a result of a heart attack. Stuff, Bad stuff happens. It just does. But I can take good from those things now because I can actually help people who are walking through those things today because of what I've walked through in my own life. And I choose to bring good out of that, not remembering the the horror of those things and the the heartache and the hurt and stuff like that, but I can actually choose to think about the good things because I am convinced that God wants me to be living victorious, not a victim. And I can help start to point people towards Jesus who brings the good out of us and helps us to see good things. Here's my number one lesson in this point, number one lesson is this. Remember the best, forget the rest. Remember the best, forget the rest. Number one lesson in that part. I'm not saying we deny our hurts or excuse the people maybe, that what others did to us. That's not healthy. I don't think that's the right thing to do. But I do think that we can focus on and emphasize the good that happens in our relationships with people. If we want to enjoy others, we've got to focus on their strengths and not their weaknesses. We've got to see things in a positive light. and Sometimes for some people it takes a lot of creativity to do that. And that's okay. That's a part of the journey and the process that we're on in this relationship together. Secondly, if we want to enjoy the people in and around about us, practice positive praying. P-P-P. Practice positive praying. Philippians 1, four says, In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy. He prays with joy, Paul says. How good would it be to have the Apostle Paul praying for us right now? Wow. You know what? you got someone better. His name's Jesus. Right now, Jesus, the Son of God, is sitting at the right hand of the Father and he's saying to you and to me, he's praying for us. He's saying, you know, this guy Gary, he's preaching right now. God, Father, would you help the poor? Look at him. He's Just help him. (laughs) That's not what he's saying. Trust me, he's not what he's saying. He said, I love this kid. Empower his words now, Holy Spirit. Plant them into the lives and the hearts of people today so that they can practice positive praying. That's what he's saying. See, it's encouraging to know that people are praying for us. Here's lesson number two. The quickest way to change a relationship from bad to good is to start thanking God for people in prayer. Thanking God for them. Thanking God for the good things in in them. Thanking God for how he shaped them, the the strengths of their life. Uh, This is going to do two things. Number one, it's going to change our attitude, which, which quite frankly sometimes in me isn't the greatest. You might find that hard to believe. Number two, it's going to change them. Because prayer works. Prayer, prayer works. It just does. Positive praying has a greater power than positive thinking. People may resist or reject our advice and help, but they are powerless against our positive prayers, they're powerless against those things. When we say, you know, to someone, oh, let me pray for you, and what do we do? We say, Oh, God bless them. I've got to tell you, that might be a great starting place. Like if you've been a Christian for about 30 seconds. But if you've been a Christian for maybe three minutes, I think you can do better. You know, there's something about positive. Have a listen to how Paul prayed for these people in this passage that I've read this morning already. In verses 9 to 11, he says this, he prays this. This is my prayer. See, this is how I know he is praying. (laughs) That your love may abound. Wow. It, It may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what's best. And may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness. This guy can pray. This guy can pray. This is the sort of guy that you want praying for you. This is how we need to be praying for the people in our lives as well. He says, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. See, Paul prays four things over others. He says, number one, I'm going to pray that they grow in love. How good would it be if we we pray for the people in our lives, especially the ones that are rubbing us up the wrong way, that we pray that they grow in love. He says abounding in love. In other words, overflowing in love like a tidal wave. Secondly, he prays that they make wise choices. He says that they discern what is best. It's a great prayer we could pray for people in our world. Thirdly, he says pray that they do the right thing that they be pure and blameless, having a clear conscience. Fourthly, he says to pray that they live for God's glory. Because if we pray that over the people that we're walking through life with, what they're going to do is to evaluate their intentions and their actions and start to align them with what's going to bring God glory. See, continually going on the the road of abuse, physical, emotional, relational abuse and stuff like that, if we're praying for them in those four areas, they're going to change. They're going to get closer to God, going to get closer to you. They're going to allow the Holy Spirit to work through them to change their their, their behaviours and mindsets because they've renewed their mind according to the Word of God and then they're going to live for God's glory. I'm getting excited. I, I might preach to myself. Do you you understand what I'm saying? This is good. It is good. Have a look at, there's three scriptures. You need to write these down. There's two of them on the screen. I thought of another one on the way to church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. And then Colossians chapter 1, verses 3 to 14. Now, guess which one's not on the screen? Colossians. There you go. Okay. So this is what it said. This I'm just gonna. This is like a real quick minute of, of of praying how we could pray for someone that we're in relationship with. This is an example of praying positively for someone. It's using the word of God to pray for them not leaving it up to my own ingenuity, my own creativity, when the inspiration of the Holy Spirit is with us, we can use that Word of God, the Word of God that actually the Holy Spirit will attach Himself to and bring about an outworking of the Word of God because it's the Word of God that the Spirit of God will quicken to us. So we, we, we can pray this. Uh, over over people. And as we, you know, we're just reading this, if the Holy Spirit quickens something to you, a verse or a word, stop, wait. What is He saying to you in that moment for that person? Let's read. This is Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17 that I'm going to be praying. Okay, it's out of the Passion Translation. See, this is the beauty of the, the, the Word of God. You can go to a different translation and get a, t- a completely different word choice. You can ring the, read the King James, pray the King James version over them, and then the next day you can do the New King James version because you know yesterday's old manner, just get fresh manner today. You could you could pray really loudly and pr- pray the, the amplified version. <laughs> if you want to get the message through, guess what me- version you're going to use? If you want to pray with passion, you the Nearly Inspired Version (NIV), <laughs> Ephesians chapter one and verse seventeen. So we're praying for the people that we're walking. We're praying positively for them, Lord. And we're, we're thinking about them. We're thinking about our friends. We're thinking about the people that there's a bit of tension in the relationship right now. This is how we're going to pray for them because we're chosen to. We're going to pray positively. Pastor Gary's. So I'm praying positive. I'm going to pray positive. I pray, this is what Paul said, is I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to this person that I've got in my mind the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know Him through your deepening intimacy with Him. Lord, would you touch Him in such a way that He deepens His intimacy with you. Lord, would you draw Him closer. Let Him have an intimate relationship with you where He hears every single whisper that comes from your lips. Lord, would you... I got carried away. Sorry, that was off, the, off script. He goes on, verse 18, he said, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Come, Holy Spirit, and touch him creatively in his workplace, in his marriage, in his home, in his dealings with his finances, in dealings. Do you get the picture? Uh, How easy is that? I'm not a rocket science or a brain surgeon. People say, praise God. I don't want him cracking jokes in the middle of all that. We've got to take a hold of the Word of God and pray it over people. Pray positively over people. How good would our relationships be if we pray that way for the people that we're walking in life with? Change everything. Praying positive. Number three, if we want to enjoy the people in our relationships, in our world, be patient with people's progress. Ease up. Ease up. Perfection is not in this planet the only person that ever walked this earth in perfection was crucified and his name was Jesus. And if he's the only one, guess what? I'm not, you're not. So we've got to give grace. We've got to give grace. I love the Verse 2, it says in Philippians chapter 1, verse 2, it says, grace and peace to you. There's a big key. We've got to allow grace in, in our relationships. We've got to have grace in those relationships. Paul looked at people's future, not just their past. Paul saw their potential and was patient with their progress. We've got to ease up. Take your foot off the accelerator expecting miracles in the relationship. Just give people grace. Let them grow and develop and and, and process stuff in their own journey with Jesus. You're not living their life. You see them for maybe an hour and a half over a cup of coffee once a month. You're never going to know a person that way. You don't know what's happening in their world. Give them grace. Philippians six. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's what Paul's saying, what God starts, God finishes. Okay, I know that I don't do that. I've got a model boat at home. It's a wooden boat. It's a kit that I bought a, probably about 10 or 15 years ago and I've still only got the ribbing from the, for the keel done. That's it. It's waiting there to be finished. I don't finish stuff. I've, I, I, for, the, for those of you who don't know me, I enjoy making the little Warhammer figurines. Okay, I like doing that. That's just something I enjoy. Okay, I like painting. i was gluing them together. Sometimes I... Mess it up, but I've got got a kit that I bought probably three years ago that's sitting just on the side of my desk at home waiting to be finished painting. I don't finish stuff, but God does. God does. God finishes stuff. Mankind starts well but finishes poorly quite often, and we leave much unfinished. God always finishes what he starts. He puts the finishing touches on everything that he does, and then he says, this is good. This is really good. This is good. That's what he says about you and I. I'm going to finish this boy. I'm going to finish this girl. They're coming through this. They're going to, I'm going to see my plan and purpose come to pass in their life. See, in spite of all of our hang-ups, all of our bad decisions, our faults, our sins, in spite of all the circumstances that we face in life, God is going to finish what he started in our lives, in your life and in my life. And that's worth praise. See, this is lesson number three. God is not finished with people. That's the lesson we need to learn. God's not finished with people. See, we need to be patient with people on a journey, allowing them to grow and to develop. Uh, If we want to enjoy our marriage, we need to learn to enjoy our spouse right now. Right now. I'm so thankful for Jane's patience with me as we grow and develop together in our relationship. We need to allow grace in our relationships. We've got to learn to enjoy people in the relationship right now, not believing that that we can enjoy them in in five years' time when they've got over this issue or this problem or or how they are. They're rude, they're arrogant, whatever it is that they are. that uh, Probably you can't see is in you as well, but we won't go there this morning. We've got to allow us to enjoy the relationship right now learn to enjoy the people in our lives because we've got to learn to enjoy them in the process. And you know what? If you're in relationship with them, you're part of the process. I'm part of the process. And it's something we can do and learn together and develop a closeness and an intimacy in the relationship where we can trust one another. That when you have a hard thing to say to me about something that I've said or done, that we can do it in love not just truth, in truth and in love. We speak the truth in love. Quite often people speak the truth, but there's no love in what they say. And it's only as we join together, enjoying each other as we are now, being patient in the process, that we can understand that God has got us in this relationship together where we can trust one another to build each other up. We've got our best interests at heart. Does that make sense? If we want our situation to change, we need to start praying for the person who irritates us at work or at home and then be patient in the process because life is a process. We need to enjoy people, we uh, the, to enjoy them in the process, not when they've just arrived. Paul says in Philippians 1 verse 6, he says, being confident of this. In other words, Paul believed in God's power to change people. No one's a hopeless case. God never gives up on anybody. You may be in the darkest, dark place of your life right now. God's not given up on you. You may be doing, you turned your back on God, but you found yourself in this place this morning. I want to tell you, you're here by divine appointment. God does not give up on people. See, Paul's talking about faith. Faith is expecting the best from others, in particular from God. There's tremendous power in faith. And we just did a whole series of that. If you miss that series, man, man, what a great series. I preach myself happy every week. See, we are shaped by our expectations and we tend to live up to what others expect of us. And others will live up to what they think that we expect of them as well. A common mistake is that we tend to judge people on the basis of how far they've got to go rather than on how far they've come. See, that person you're having a hard time with at work, they may be like that now, but just think what they were like 10 years ago. They've come a long, long way in the process. And we've just got to give them grace. Stick it out. I'm so glad that Jesus didn't give up on me. I'm so glad he didn't give up on you. Number four, and I'm going to fly through this one. If we want to enjoy the people in our life, then love people from the heart. Love people from your heart. See, I've discovered if people aren't on my heart, then they're on my nerves. You can laugh, but you're just the same. See, if our kids aren't on our hearts, they're soon going to be on our nerves. If our husband's not on our heart, Jane, then he's soon going to be on your nerves, especially when you see the bill. (laughs) Many relationships fail because each person reacts from their mind and not from their heart. When a friend says, I'm really struggling, Can I tell you, you need to listen to that person. It's real. When someone says to you, I'm really uncomfortable in doing this, it may be in a spouse, in a relationship, then you need to listen to them. See, because love starts by understanding, knowing why they feel that particular way and just digging a little bit deeper to find out why they feel that way. Why does the guy at work act like that? Well... You know, we just need him giving grace in that, that, that process, but to love him and to believe the best for that young person, as or older person, whatever it is, but just allowing them in that process to come through. See, sometimes we need to hear the hurt in their heart to help to understand them so that we can love them better in a different way, because what we're doing right now may not be working because we don't understand what they're going through, what they've been through, to be able to help them and to love them as God wants us to love them. Does that make sense? I wasn't sure. It made sense in my head. A lot of stuff does, quite often, doesn't make sense out there. If heart love begins with understanding, how do we get to understand someone? Can I tell you, the best way to understand someone is not to make a judgment but to ask a question. Not to judge them, because judgment always leads towards death, but loving someone leads to life. And asking a question opens a door to a relationship where a judging just closes that door closed. It, it just You're not going to go anywhere in that, ju- in that relationship when we judge people. It's going to be death to the relationship. But if we love them, we will ask questions that opens up a door to a communication and to a conversation Not a monologue, a conversation that enables us to love one another freely and openly to be transparent in what we do. I honor Candy today for the way that she, she was transparent and authentic with us in her communion message and giving us an insight into the place that she'd been. I honor that because what it did, it opened the door to relationship. One of the greatest desires of the human heart is to know and be known. In other words, relationship. We want people to know who we are and to like us for who we are. Just to like us. Just to want to be, That if I was to share some stuff with you, you're still going to like me. If I, if I revealed to you how I really think sometimes... If I showed you how, how my struggles have, 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 have tainted or, or damaged me in some way, could you still like me? That's what it is to be known. You know the real word, the, the meaning of the word intimacy is? Into me see. Into me see is intimacy. I want you to into me, in to me see. That's what intimacy is about, to be known, but also to know that there's a mutual thing happening here, that the doors are open to communication. It's relationship. It's all about relationship. Relationship is crucial, and it's a journey. It's a process, and we've got to give people grace to do that. So how do we love those who, even when we understand them, we still really don't like them? Well, I like what Paul says in our passage. He says in verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. That word affection means the intestines. The the King James Version translated as bowels. Okay? uh, They thought that the core of the emotions was in the stomach or the organs on the inside. Okay? Okay. It's deep inside. So Paul was saying, I've got this gut feeling of love for you. I've got this inside gut feeling about, I'm going to love you with, a, with a, a strong, intense gut feeling of love for you. It's an intensive love that makes me love even the unlovely. It's God's love flowing through us. It's his love for that person. It's a divine love. And Paul didn't uh, knew that it didn't come from him. It comes from God. But it comes with an attitude saying, first of all, I want to align myself with the Father's passion for this person and I want to let his love flow through me because right now I can't conjure that up in my own being, my own ability. God, I need your love to love this person. Would you flow through me? I love you so much and I want to bring glory to you so much that I want to allow your love to flow through me so that I can love this person. And you know what? Over time, your your feelings and your perception will change and you'll find that you genuinely, authentically love that person that you're struggling to love. It is good. The only kind of love that lasts in spite of heartache and difficulty is God's love. Romans 5.5 5 says, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God's love is not something we can work up. It's poured into us by his Holy Spirit as we daily yield and surrender our lives to him, saying, Not my will, Lord, but yours. May it be heaven on earth, just as your will demands it. Lesson number four is this. The secret of enjoying the people in our life is to be filled with God's love. To be filled with God's love. To be in a love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever noticed that, You know, when you're going great guns with God, all your relationships are fine. They can say stuff, you know what, hey, that's okay. It's just, you know, I, I'm in love with Jesus right now. When When your relationship with Jesus is not going so well, and they don't like your hair color, it really ticks you off. See, it's a sign of your, 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 your proximity to Jesus. Closer you are to Jesus, the less stuff you worry about. But the further away from Jesus, and he's not moved, you have. But you know what? If you were to turn around, as you have turned away from him, he's, he's standing right there because he, his love, and his goodness pursues me every day. So I'm, I'm running away from God. I turn around, he's right there. I, I turn around, play a bit of chasey. And he's right there. You can't get away from him. It's a divine game of chasing. It's not a game. Please don't misunderstand me. It's just it's God touching people. Four keys to help enjoy the people in our life is to be grateful for the good in people, to practice positive praying, to be patient with people's progress just as much as they're patient with yours. And also to love people from our heart. This will take our relationships to a whole new level because relationships are more about who we know than what we know. Amen. We stand. I'm done. Praise God, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyone get anything out of that? Excellent. Praise God. That's good. I'm going to pray for your relationships. You, 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 probably Someone might be saying, well, I don't need any help with my relationships. Well, that answer tells me right there where your relationships are at. We all need help with our relationships. We all need help with giving people grace. We all need help with praying positively over people. We all need help in loving people from the heart. We all need you know, help to, to see the good and, and the positive things in, in people's lives. I do, and you do too. So how about we just, just an attitude of openness, maybe? And if you're comfortable to do this, it's up to you. Close your eyes, just open up your hands to heaven. Just like El sh- uh, showed us at, uh, when we received the offering uh, today, just open up your hands and say, "Heavenly Father, I just thank you for my relationship with you, and I pray that it goes to a whole new level. I want to know you more. I want to know you more intimately." I want to know that you can see into me and you can take me on this journey of being the person that you want me to be. But I also pray for the people around about me, that I can be real and open and honest with them. I can love them unconditionally like you love me. I pray for your love to flow through me, Father. I pray for your love to to, to divinely inspire and transform people as I walk with them through life. I thank you for the people around about me. I pray for them. I ask you, Lord, to touch them with your goodness and your grace. Would you give them the desires of their heart? Would you make sure that their family is safe? Would you make sure that their job is secure? I pray for people who aren't in a job today, and I pray that they find the job of their dreams in Jesus' name. I pray for healing over people's lives. I pray for restoration in relationships where they've been lost. I pray for restoration and healing in relationships where they've been harmed. And Father, I thank you for reconciliation. For you have made us ambassadors of reconciliation, of bringing back into right relationship the people that aren't in right relationship with you, first of all, but then with us as well. So I pray, Holy Spirit, would you touch our hearts today? Would you move upon us in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. And Father, I thank you for it in the wonderful name of Jesus. Just while every head is bowed maybe or eye is closed, I just want to give an opportunity and an invitation to people that don't know Jesus. It is the greatest relationship you'll ever enter into where you are uh, unconditionally and unfailingly loved with God's love. You may be watching this podcast, this message on YouTube, or you're here today in person. You're watching this message by divine appointment. God orchestrated your life to be able to access this message today. And I want to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe you, you just walked away. Maybe you just felt like, you know, it's... There's better things outside of church than inside the church. Church is never going to be a perfect place. Trust me, I'm in it. But you know what? God, God can touch your life and bring about a restoration of great things in you. If there's anybody you just want to give your heart to Jesus, you just want to open up your life to Jesus this morning and walk into a relationship where you are known completely and still loved and still loved, and still loved. Is there anybody here this morning you just want to say yes to Jesus? I'm want you. i going to ask you to do a very brave thing. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up and accept Jesus this morning as your Lord and Savior and give the rest of your life to Him. Is there anybody here this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus at all? Anyone? Anyway, just put your hand up. Yes, I see that hand. Up. Thank you. Anybody else? Is there anybody else this morning? If you've made a decision online, I'm going to ask you to get in touch with Infuse Church. If you email us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, admin at infusechurch.org.au, we'll get back to you. We've got some great resources we want to put into your hands and start you on your journey with Jesus. But I pray, Father, right now, Father, that that young man that put his hand up, in Jesus' name, walks into your embrace and is felt like he is loved completely and unconditionally and unfailingly, in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for it. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen.